Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? All right, half of you are awake. I'm happy to hear that. My name is Neftali Lopez. I have several titles that I could go by. Uh, if you go to the next slide, you'll see so many things that currently the Lord allows me to do. First, I am a chaplain in the West Campus and South Campus of Indianapolis of IWU. All right, praise the Lord for that. Also, I am a pastor of Iglesia Amistad Cristiana in Carmel, Indiana. All right, some people, some people from there. Also, I was born in Mexico and I speak Spanish. Uh, I wanna know, <laughs> I wanna know who speaks Spanish here. If you speak Spanish, di Gloria a Dios. My goodness, amigo, más fuerte. Si habla español, di Gloria a Dios. Okay, some of you speak Spanish, very right? good. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, also, I am a pastor's kid. Who wants, who's a pastor's kid over here? Wow, my goodness. Uh, we find that connection right there. Yes, I'm a pastor's kid. Grew up in a pastor's home where my pastor, my dad, was a tremendous fanatic for Jesus. And we have services every day in our church in Mexico, Monday through Sunday, every night, church service. And yeah, I had to be there, yes. I had to be there because I'm the pastor's son. So I grew up in, as a pastor's kid. And when I finished high school, um, I also had the experience of not knowing what to do. I wanted to be an architect. And I thought that that was my goal in life, drawing buildings and be able to do nice places like this. Gorgeous place, praise the Lord for this chapel. And I thought that was my mission. And when I start praying and praying and praying, asking God, what do you want me to do with my life? I found out that it was not to be an architect. He called me and told me that I gotta speak to the people about his goodness and his message. So since then I struggled and I finally went through so many things and I was ordained as a Wesleyan minister in 2016, a few years ago. And thank God I am pastoring now the church that you could go to and we speak Spanish over there. So if you feel connected with that story, it's not, you're not alone. It takes time for God to tell you what to do, and it takes time to draw you to some places until you find the place you want to be. I forgot to mention, too, that uh, you see the picture over there in the corner, left corner, bottom. You see me there in the bed hugging some Navy sailors. I'm also military. I'm in Navy reserves, and I've been serving 18 years with them. Two more years, and I retire. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Couple, about five deployments. I had the experience to be Iraq, <clears throat> Kuwait, and or Africa several times. And thank God for the opportunity to serve. Thank God for the opportunity to be part of 1% uh, of the U.S. citizens that are part of the Navy, a part of the military. And uh, shout for them, shout out for them, amen. Very good. Um, my studies were done in Liberty University. You can see that symbol over there in the corner, right corner. So I have, the Lord had allowed me to finish a Master's in Divinities, Master's in Family Counseling. Don't ask me for counseling, please. <laughs> it was just a degree. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And Masters and Divinities, you can ask me for that. Yes, uh, you can ask me for the Bible, stuff like that. And also, uh, I was able to finish a specialization in education to, towards the doctor in education. So it was the first leg of that. So hopefully one day I'll be able to be a doctor in education very soon. And hopefully I talk to some of the doctors over here uh, face to face, eye to eye, say, how are you? I can wear three rivers now, you know, on the side when I'm graduating. So uh, thank God for the opportunity to be here. I want to talk to you about something. You know why I'm here? And do you know why you're here? I am not here because of the accolades that I, the Lord has allowed me to have. I'm not here for that. I am here because God has set up a time to be here. I want you to know that I should not be here. My name is Neftali. My dad put it because I was going to die when I was a baby. And God pray and pray and God heal me. And instead of naming me, naming me after him, he named me after a Bible name called Neftali, which means wrestling, fighting. He wrestled, he fought. And I'm here not because of who I am. I'm here because God has appointed me to be here. From all these duties that I have, I don't have time to be here, honestly. But God has made the room to open up this place. Thank you to our chaplain who invited me. Thank you for the time and the opportunity. And I'm here because God has set up a time. And you are here because God has appointed you to be here. You could be somewhere other, some other university. You could be some other place. Maybe you couldn't even be here. Maybe you'd be gone by now. But you're here because God wants to do what he loves to do. He loves to talk to you. You're here to hear him. So if you are here to hear him, would you say like Samuel said, here I am, Lord. Speak, your servant is hearing. Pray with me, and if you're here to hear, say it with me loud. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Very good. I'm going to open to the Word of God, and I'm going to share with you one of the verses in the book of, of Psalms, Psalms 29. It says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. That is what I want to share with you. Well, that's what God to tell you. That's what's burning in my heart. The question is, who do you trust? Do you trust in your intellect? Do you trust in your financial power? Do you trust in your family name? Do you trust in United States government? Do you trust the news? Do you trust Fox? Do you trust CNN? Do you trust what they're saying in the media? Do you trust the catfish on Facebook? Do you trust people? Do you trust the system? Do you trust Antifa? Who do you trust? Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But we will, the original says, we will remember the name of the Lord. 
The originals of the scripture in Hebrew doesn't say some trust. The word trust was added to the place. It says, these in chariots, these in horses, but we will call upon the name of the Lord. There's a concept in this, and I want to move on that tell you that you might put your trust in the wrong place and that having a life that has to be corrected. There's a story about planting your trust on a rock or on a sand. Do you remember Jesus' parable on that? Well, the disciples, the same as you and me, had a moment of believing but not trusting. So many of us believe. Many of us, many of us believe and do not go to the level of trust. Everything goes, everything that you trust starts with believing. Move on. Everything starts with believing. And Jesus gave us the key. Next, what it says, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? That expression is important because it talks about Jesus believing in Jesus, not just believing for believing. Move on. Asking you then, can you trust your life and the life-giving God? Next. The story comes from Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and Jesus is in the middle of this story, trying to bring them from believing in him to a level of trusting in him. And that is where the story of John chapter 11 comes in, and you'll see really quick that they believed very well. They had a very accurate theology of Jesus, but they were missing the ingredient that is the birth of believing, which is trust. Do you trust him even though the corpse is there? Do you trust Christ or do you trust the corpse of Lazarus? Do you trust the law of nature or do you trust the nature of the lawmaker? When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been on the tomb for four days already. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, so many of the Jewish, Jewish people came to Martha and Mary to console them over the loss of his brother, of their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will grant you. And Jesus replied, your brother will come back to life again. Martha said, I know. He will come back again in the resurrection of the last day. Good theology, good eschatology. And Jesus said to her, I am. I didn't, he didn't say to her, I can. He didn't say, I'm able. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. 
Even if he dies, and the one who lives and believes in me will never die, do you believe this? She replied, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who comes into the world. Great theology, yet the trust is missing still there. And when she has said this, Martha went and called Mary. Mary went out where Jesus was and there, and then Mary said to Jesus, I'm skipping to verse 32 of chapter 11, Lord, if you have been here, my brother will not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, he was moved, intensely moved in spirit and greatly distressed. And he asked, where do you lay him? And they replied, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Thus the people who came to mourn, look how much he loved him, they said. But some of them, this is the man who caused the blind to see. Couldn't he have done something to keep him from dying? They believe in him. They saw the miracles, but they were not trusting that he could do anything else anymore. So when Jesus came, he said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, says, hold on. He's been buried for four days. He must smell now. He stinks. And Jesus responded the verse of today. Didn't I tell you? Next, next. Didn't I tell you? If you believe, you will see God's glory. You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives, believing in me, does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? That's the question of your trust. Jesus said, didn't I tell you? Seems like he's been teaching you all this time and you keep on forgetting that he told you, if you believe in him, you will see God's glory. Remember, beliefs comes first before seeing, not the other way around. You cannot see and then believe. Because if you already see, you don't need to believe. If you believe, that's the condition, that is the atmosphere, that's the prelude of God's glory to be manifested in your life. If you believe, then you will see God's glory. you will see God's glory. But the question is, do you believe? I do. Many of you, who who of you in here believe in Jesus Christ? Many, right? You raise your hand. All right. Who of you trust him? Many, almost the same hands. Next. 
Let me tell you the story. There was a guy who tied a rope over the Great Falls, and he walked back and forth, and people was cheering up. And then he put a wheelbarrow and walked with it back and forth, and everybody cheered up. And he asked the people who was cheering up, do you believe that I could carry somebody in this wheelbarrow across the Great Falls? And everybody said, yes, I believe! Woohoo! Now, who will trust me to get in here and get in there? Oh, that's a different fall game. Jesus is trying to bring you from believing into the level of trusting. Do you trust him even though you don't see what he's doing? Do you trust him even though you are taking a risk? Next slide. Lazarus came forth, and the doubts and the lack of belief and the lack of trust was taught there in a prelude of what will happen to Jesus later on. He was teaching the disciples to trust him because he was going to die too, and he was going to resurrect also. He was teaching them to raise the level of belief into a level of trust. Next. So do you believe that God is ready to show you how to trust him like he showed the disciples? Now, let's pretend that we have just enrolled you to the army and you have a parachute and they're going to put you out of an airplane and you got to jump out and do your first jump with a parachute and be able to fall on the ground really safely. Did you believe that a parachute can stop you from falling? Yes. But do you trust that particular parachute that will work? We all believe the parachutes can stop from people from falling, but do you trust the one you have in your backpack, the one you was giving? You don't even pack it up. Somebody packed it for you, and you got to jump and trust that. Next slide. What if it's two of you? Can you believe if more than one people in this place decides to start trusting God, jumping from believing to trusting their life completely, absolutely to the Lord? What if it's only more, not just two, what if it's a whole bunch of people? Look what can happen. If you really get a group of believers that jump from believing into trusting the Lord. There is a place where you, you can walk every day trusting God, knowing that everything that happens to you, God has ordained it to happen. Every accident, every bad experience, every betrayal, every fallout, every situation, either good or bad, 
has been programmed as a class and a lesson for you to grow as a disciple. Do you trust that lesson? Do you trust the teacher? Don't tell me how to trust when things go well, when I get my job. Tell me how to trust when the medical bill is high. Tell me how to trust when my medical report says that I am sick and I've been praying many times. Tell me how to trust, Lord, in you when my situation is above and beyond my emotional capacity. Tell me how to trust when some of my family members just passed away, when my child passed away. Tell me how to trust in your hand. That is where God wants you to walk in. Trust him above the corpse. Trust Christ. God is here. And if you're ready to jump into trusting him more than believing him, would you come to the altar and surrender all to him?